Hello, everyone. Welcome to the eTech Leadership Table. This is a podcast where we invite you to pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee, and join us as we tackle some remarkable discussions on everything leadership. I'm Melissa Wood. I'm your host. I'm the Dean of Leadership Development at eTech Global Services. Welcome to the eighth podcast, the eTech Eight. Uh, in our series. This is our eighth podcast. We have some phenomenal friends sitting at the leadership table. We call this the leadership table podcast where we just grab a cup of coffee or your favorite snack. We just kind of sit around like you did when you were, um, you know, at your home now. And I know I've had, I've been, I have sat at Jim's table before, so that's been nice and had some wonderful discussions, but we're just, that's what we're going to do today. We're just going to sit around and have a discussion. Every time I do these podcasts, that's what we do. We just kind of talk about some wonderful topics and we just see what where, where it goes. So just be your casual sales. We want to keep this casual. So welcome to our podcast today. We have tons of podcast listeners. I hope so that we'll just grow over time. But today on Table Talk, we're going to talk about data-driven culture, which I know that you guys are big on data and so am I. Um, my life actually, my husband's life uh, depends on it. We, uh, we we look at big data every single day. He's a, he's a diabetic and so he's hooked to a monitor. So I don't know if you knew that, but uh, we look at data to, to determine his blood sugar uh, trends up or down. Um, they actually save his life when they're going too low. So data is uh, near and dear to my heart. Chandra knows that um, definitely. We look at data for agent retention we look at data for in coaching, which we'll get into that. It's one of my favorite things. You know, we teach coaching and then the data tells us exactly what to coach. If I'd have had that when I was a first line, when I first became a coach, just to take off the me making so many mistakes of what I coached on because I thought I knew better, I just didn't have the intelligence behind it. It's the same way with uh, my husband's been a diabetic for 38 years. So that's, that's wonderful, praise the Lord. But we made some mistakes early on because we didn't have the proper data to be able to, to help them be uh, healthy. So I, I'm all for uh, merging the old with the new. I've been reading tons of articles on data and data's been around uh, in call centers. I don't know if you guys know, the first sign they said in 1960. I was reading that uh, this morning. So data's been around, it's not, a, it's not new. Um, it's been around for a long time, but it's what we've done with it, right? So just like diabetes, it's been around for a long time, but wow, what we have done with it, right? To, to save lives. So it saves lives in a call center too. It saves retention, right? <laughs> it saves us. And then quality monitoring, right? Helping our customers know um, what's needed. So I just have a few questions around the table, but before we talk about the big data questions, um, I need to know what you're drinking at the table today. That's really important to me. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not drinking, drinking black anything. coffee. Black coffee, okay. And in a in a cup with my name on it. I'm the only person here, but I don't want to get it mixed up, you know. <laughs> you know that's your cup at your desk in your office by yourself. You know, I'm for that. I'm all for that. That's good. Jim, you usually have water. I have nothing today because I'm going for blood work. So this was like the worst day of my life oh, because. Uh I couldn't drink anything because my appointment's not until 11 o'clock, which is the oh. worst any doctor can set up a blood work appointment. That is bad customer experience. It is bad Especially customer for an experience. early riser. We're talking about that. <laughs> well, you know, 
ask your doctor to join the podcast next time, or at least listen to this one. We could really help the medical field on the customer experience. I we think. definitely can, because by the way, their IVR was the worst IVR because I tried to change the appointment. You can't get to a human being anymore. It's ridiculous. Thick, it's thick. That's a horrible customer experience. Horrible. That's yeah. the world of customer experience we live in right now. Yeah, and you know, Jim taught me uh, years ago about the effortless customer experience. Um, and I saw that book out there. So that was really good. Chandra, what are you drinking at the table today? You know, I'm with Kayleen. I'm, I'm with coffee. It takes me about three cups every day to actually get in gear. I'm on two. Okay. So, yeah. so mid so mid podcast, you're going to be rocking. I'm going to light up. Yeah, <laughs> mid podcast. I'm going to literally light up. Okay, well, I'm on my first cup. I get up, I, Jim and I, we're early risers. So I was, <laughs> I was, uh, I drink water the first thing I do when I get up every morning. And then I have a, a cup of coffee uh, midday, but I'm drinking early this morning. I have been up all night, but I literally got up at 3.20 this morning and I started cooking breakfast and I'm ready to rock and roll today. So it's an hour before me today. I got you. I was just trying to beat you. I'm just trying to get one up on you. Just one up on you. I can. You, you one up me. You one up small me. Wins, small wins where you can have them. That's all you can do. Chandra taught me that. Just take the small wins where you can get them. <laughs> Wherever you can get them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Thank you. You know, I'm go into you know podcasters. You guys, if you don't know who this team is, go look. There's ton. They they've done tons of work out there in the industry. They've got years of experience in between them. I know that Kayleen's probably had over 25 years in a call center experience or uh, like so. And Jim's had what, Jim? Plus 30? Plus 30, yep. Yeah, plus 30. And Chandra's running on 25 plus now. So same for me. I, I'm, I'm 25 plus, not in age, but in my call center experience. So um, you do the math, big data, and you can see that there's a lot of experience on this uh, podcast today. So podcast. Whatever you're drinking, whatever snack you have, just pull up to the table with us and let's just sit and chat and talk about the customer experience as it relates to agent retention, coaching, data-driven culture, and quality monitoring for sure. So um, I, you weren't ready for this question, but I want to throw a curveball and whoever wants to swing, get ready, okay? So I'm not gonna call names, we're just gonna chat. We don't call names at the table. In my house, we don't raise our hand to talk, we just, you know, we grab a roll and whoever's whoever's got the loudest can I can talk. So <laughs> I don't have a buzzer like Jimmy Kimmel. I don't have any of those games to play. So you just gotta be quick on the draw. All right. There's you know, and when I was talking to Matt Rocco and you guys, I know Matt's dear to everyone's heart on this call for sure. And he's the reason we actually sit here today and get to talk about um, our intelligence around these topics because we've been given the opportunity to do so. That's very clear. But when we think about, you know, when I talk to Matt, we start talking about myths, you know, the biggest myth busters of, you know, servant leadership. So I'm sure you've listened to that. But as we talk about data-driven culture and um, the customer experience, uh, artificial intelligence, what would you say on the customer experience and artificial intelligence is the biggest myth? What machines teach machines teach themselves. Biggest lie in the industry. Machines. With, without human intelligence and people, those machines do nothing. And I think that's the biggest myth we talk about is people talk about plug and play. 
this yeah. is going to solve all your problems. <clears throat> um, and one of the quotes I use all the time is, and I'll age myself like uh, like other people on the call, but it's not Ron Propel's rotisserie. It's not <laughs> set it and forget it. These machines yeah. need human interaction, human individuals that actually fine tune them to garner the insights that you need to actually make educated decisions. There you go. You know, Jim, I see that. I told you guys about, uh, you know, our insulin pump and our monitor. We have to do that every day. So sometimes that that big data that's going to us says, hey, you need to get some sugar in your system. Your sugar's getting low. So that's great. That's big data is giving us that information. But that machine does not know that maybe we just had some orange juice 15 minutes, you know, 10 minutes before. So if we do exactly what the machine says, when the machine says it without the human intelligence, then we could cause serious medical harm, right? So, yep. so those two together, I think that's a perfect marriage of uh, what you're saying about a myth. You know, people think, oh, I'm just going to do what the machine says. No, that's that's dangerous, and it's dangerous in a call center. It's dangerous in any any location that you work in when you're just using that data. So I agree, that's a that's a huge myth. What about you, Chandra? I, you know, just kind of piggybacking on what Jim said. Um, it's not set it and forget it, okay? Machine learning is taught by people, okay? Yeah. You, you've got to have a human to teach the machine. It's just that simple, right? And you've got to have humans with domain expertise and humans who really understand the finer nuances of the data that you're trying to extract in order to fully realize the value of AI as it's applied in call center um, usage, right? Another huge myth is accuracy, okay? And that goes right along with machine learning and having that human brain behind everything that you're doing uh, in the AI space. Uh, a lot of folks go into uh, using an AI-powered platform, expecting it to be 100% accurate and everything's going to be perfect and nothing could be farther from the truth. You have to educate and teach people and teach each other how to understand directional data. Okay, not perfection data, directional data. Transcripts are never gonna be perfect. No matter how much you have someone back there turning the knobs, we're all humans and we all speak in a different way. Yeah. Okay, and so looking at accuracy as a value statement for AI-powered platforms in the call center, that is a huge myth. That is the yeah. unicorn of the call center. And or that's when I'm data, actually, you can say you yeah, can take it a little bit farther out of there. You're right. I hear and Kayleen's can tap onto this, but that's where our leaders start to get frustrated because they're seeing, well, that's not 100% accurate, right? And so <laughs> I think bringing, you know, bringing this topic up, but it, it really makes us understand big data when I think about the insulin pump for a change. I want you guys to know it's not the the data we get is sometimes 30 points basis points off what the actual sugar is that's right so first my husband's like this thing is terrible i'm not using this is this is what's a waste this is a waste but it's it's capturing behaviors and patterns whether it's 30 20 you know all and those patterns are what we're looking for so right. it was hard to teach him that even though it's inaccurate it really is accurate because it's that's looking right. for patterns behavior so Kayleen you probably see that with the leaders when they they're not it's not right on like it's almost like a I got you moment oh this yeah. is bar like I, a an excel document I, embarrassingly I saw it with myself <laughs> let's just start with me right and then um for the leaders too it is um 
<clears throat> trying to really understand upfront that it's not 100% accurate, but what it is, is it is directional, right? And the coaching that I did originally was not even directional. I would take one call and I would spend an hour coaching to that one call and that situation would never happen again. Yeah. So what we're talking about is far better than, than what we did in the past. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where they kind of, um, you know, we talk. So thank you guys for debunking those myths. This is why we have podcasts because, you know, I know somebody out there is saying, tell me more, tell me more. I need to know this because we've all made these mistakes. We don't sit in here because we read a book telling you what we regurgitating what we read. We've lived it. We've all coached inaccurately. We've all, you know, made these. Uh, we This was a myth like Kayleen. She fessed up. She's like, hey, that's me. I thought that too, right? And so I kind of understand that. So thanks for debunking those myths in both, all three of you just hit a home run on a curveball. So that's what I'm talking about. That's really good. All right, let's go into this question and you just let me know who wants to take this one. What does the new customer landscape look like and what impact does Asian experience have on it? I would like to take this one. Okay. Okay. Uh, really, as we look forward with using data um, as a customer experience to, tool and what kind of the new customer experience landscape looks like. It's really about improving and enhancing the data utilization, okay? We're already mining and, and using and applying a ton of data, but there's more. There's more out there, okay? And when we think about what the new CX landscape looks like and how that is related to AX or Asian experience, okay? We really want to think about things like accessibility, okay? Accessibility to your information at a provider, right? Like Jim talked about the IVR experience earlier. That is not good accessibility for a customer. We have to also, I know we all know this, but do we realize the impact of the fact, okay, this is a fact, that the agent is your entire company to that one customer that they're talking to. Yeah. That agent is your entire brand to that one customer that they're talking to. And so as we are enhancing data utilization in the CX space, we really need to, to, to up our focus, if you will, on agent experience, okay, that's going to deliver a customer-defined positive experience, okay? Some examples of things that are currently going on that we really need to focus on, poor IVRs, not being able to talk to a person, no human inside. You can press zero as many times as you want. You're not gonna talk to a human. Lack of resolution and all of that leads to customer frustration. When we focus back on empowering that agent and really focus on a positive agent experience, making their job as friction-free as possible, giving them the accessibility that they need to, to service that customer fully in that moment, giving them the flexibility and the knowledge to make decisions, all of those things are really going to take us from where we are in 2022 to where we wanna be in 2023 from an AX relative to CX uh, measurement and application of that data. All about data utilization and really focusing on that customer defined positive experience through the agent. I'd love to just add to what Chandra just said as a customer, right? Okay. I'm a customer and the new landscape for customers is frustration. I, 
I'll tell you recently, I've had an experience calling a shipping company trying to track something and there, you know, my shipping ID was wrong. I, it took, uh, moving heaven and earth. I felt to even speak to someone to Chandra's point. And I was at the height of frustration and that poor agent, Marco, let me tell you, he was trying to help me, uh, but he was not equipped or empowered to help me. He did not have what he needed to help me. And I could tell Marco, uh, had some handle time goal because Marco was trying to Get you wash off. me off the phone. So it, today's landscape is self-serve, right? Bot technology, um, which I can appreciate. <laughs> uh, but by the time a customer gets to someone, they're out on their last straw, right? That's the experience we have. And so that leads to agent frustration too, because an agent, uh, they want to help. Agents want to help. They want to, they want to be successful. And so they just need to know how can they be successful and meet the metrics that they're required to meet and help that customer. There's a lot of frustration going on today. Kaylin, you know, just, I, I want to ask, I think we have to ask the room, how long do you think Marco is going to stay in that role? <laughs> Poor Marco. I feel, I feel bad for Marco. <laughs> He's literally crippled, right? How long is Marco going to stay in that unfulfilling position? Yes. And I wasn't letting Marco off the hook so easily because I was, again, frustrated, right? right. And I was like, I got someone. I am not letting Marco go. No, Marco, we can figure this out. I've got this yeah. number. I've got this number. I can see the package going. I don't know where it's going. What does this code mean? Can you imagine the poor when Jim mentioned about he tried to call for medical, right? And he had a horrible IVR experience. And then he's had no water, no food. And the <laughs> Can you imagine the Marco that's at the office is going to get no, it? <laughs> I can't wait to meet her. But I will add one other thing to both of my partners actually said. In 2003, I, I coined this back in the day when it was just phone calls and we started doing chat. Because, you know, I always said chat's where it's at. Here's the takeaway. All you brands that are listening, it's not your decision to tell me how to contact you. It's mine because I'm paying for a service. It is my decision. And that's what we've forgotten. Everybody talks about automation and I'm not saying automation is bad. It is. It's good for people. Self-serve is good for certain people. I remember my son growing up. He literally, this was back in the cell phone days. We were together in a hotel room and his phone wasn't working. I said, dial 611. He's like, no, he opens up his laptop and goes and starts checking. You gotta be kidding me. That's his choice, but he's the one paying the bill. He deserves the right to choose the channel to connect with the brands. And if you see a major airline is out there now, they just just shut down six, think of 600 some call center agents because they're going to self-serve. I don't know that that's a good strategy. It probably is long-term, but at the end of the day, what about the, what about the customers who don't have a, a, an iPhone, don't have a way to communicate in the desired channel? You're forcing me to come through. At the end of the day, it's not your decision; it's mine. That's true. Mm-hmm. And usually, when people get to a person, they've tried all those self-serve options; they've not yeah. worked. Right. Right. They've not worked, and so you you need that escalation point. And we need to be able to equip our agents to handle that transaction. 
Self-service is only effective if self-service leads to a resolution. Right. Yeah. Yep. Just that simple. I, you know what? Sitting at the table, y'all is pretty fun. I'm enjoying <laughs> I'm enjoying this. And you've all said, so kind of leading into the second question I was going to ask you, you know, you're all saying your customer is having experiences with your company at every touch point. Whether they're talking to someone, chatting with someone, or trying to get through your IVR, right? So they're having an experience with your company at every touch point. Are you, are you controlling those experiences that matter most? That's the big question on the table. So I think controlling the matters most is you got to look at it from a different lens. As everybody's accused me of, I look at things differently, which I do. I look at it as me as the consumer. Right. So when you think about what matters most in that experience, how do I control it from out without telling the agent, hey, you need to probe more. Right. You need to do this more. Telling people what to do is not really working in our in, in my opinion. I think what happens is you're able to control it by telling them the benefit that the end customer is getting, the benefits that the brand is getting and the benefits that you're getting as an agent to be moved up into management, leadership, training, and more money, etc. I think when you tie that together with the reason that we're doing it, I don't know if that's a good word, reason, but the main goal of the objective is to deliver a remarkable experience. And what's in it for me, the agent, the brand, the customer, everybody that's involved needs to know what's in it for them. That's my opinion. Okay, that's solid. That's all. Anybody want to add to, take away, debunk, say he's full of it? What do you want to say? <laughs> you know, just going back to agent experience, right? Obviously, I'm a little passionate about agent experience. But when we, we talk about really controlling <clears throat> the, the experience that the customer has, it all goes back to, and I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but this is very important and I hope everyone hears it, empowerment and equipping the agent to service that customer as fully as possible in that moment. You only get there through education, a dedication to development of those agents, a strong coaching strategy, and really making sure that you are sharing as much information as makes sense as you possibly can that is relevant with that agent as much as possible. That's how you craft an experience that matters well. Also listening to the voice of your customer. Your customers will tell you what's wrong. They will tell you what they need. They'll tell you how to interact with them. You've just got to listen and take action on that customer voice. That also leads to crafting an amazing customer experience. If every, if every call that lands in an agent's lap if you're listening to that call or a large percentage of those calls that land in an agent lap and you're constantly hearing customers, oh, your IVR is terrible. I waited on hold for 45 minutes. I, this is the third time I've called. All that information is there. Everything you need to craft that experience is there. You just need to listen and more importantly, take action. Yep. I want to say, I, be I believe what you guys are saying, but I want to say, I think you're missing something. You're talking about the tree itself but I want you to pay special attention. I want our podcasters to pay special attention to the roots. The reason why we do these things is the, the roots is what Jim said. He said, I look at things as the consumer. And when you have a leadership team that is in a company that looks at things through the lens of a customer, of a consumer, 
then it changes the way that tree grows and looks, right? Because there are other companies out there that do these same things, right? They do these same things, but they may not, this is where I think we, we stand apart, they may not look at it through the lens of a consumer. So when you have someone like Jim and someone like Chandra and Kayleen that are driving every interaction with the roots of this tree being from a lens of a consumer, that changes things. That changes how we have every interaction at, at, at every point. And yep. um, it's for our new podcasters that have no idea when we say CX or EI. So who wants to tell them what in the world CX means? So CX is simple. It's the customer experience. So think about okay. it. And you mentioned in the beginning about effortless experience, which was you know, again, uh, read that book years and years ago and really enjoyed it. I, I kind of coined my own phrase since then. I've evolved. As you know, I continually evolve. Now it's how hard is it for me to do business with you? In a global marketplace, I got too many options. So basically, my decision making who I'm buying from is going to be how hard is it to do business with you. I'll give you an example from last night. I almost called Kaylee. Well, actually, I wasn't going to call Kaylee. I told Kelsey to call Kaylee. <laughs> but we were ordering our Christmas cards last night. Went to walmart.com, which we use every time. Went out, filled out all the Christmas card, boom, 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 threw it in the cart, go to deliver it. It's not going to be delivered till December 21st. Well, that doesn't help the IU household. So then she clicks on pick up at store same day, doubled the price. Guess what? From there, I said, Kayleen's cards are beautiful. Who does she use? Of course, Kelsey didn't want to call Kayleen, which I wouldn't have a problem with. So we Googled, <laughs> found another company, right, online. And believe it or not, I then Googled a, a coupon code. I found a 50% coupon code. I ordered it online. It's being delivered in three days. That's the experience. That's what customer experience is about. I went from frustration, I did use some self-serve, and I followed the problem. I found the problem, we actually executed on it. That's what that is. That, that's my, my experience. And, and by the way, what are the odds of me ever buying a card at Walmart ever again? Yeah. No. Zero. How, how hard is it for me to do business with yep. you? That is the roots of a tree. That is what I'm talking about. And if the cards don't come in in three days, Kayleen's got Marco's phone number. He can track <laughs> I'm sure that Marco has been had a coaching session or how to properly track items. So, Marco, if you're here, um, just get ready because if Jim's cards are not here in three days, we're finding you, Marco, and we want you to. <laughs> okay, Let me tell you, I'm worried about Marco. I, I'm worried about Marco because I feel like he has not been equipped. I promise you, Marco wants to be successful. He doesn't want to come to work and suck. Well, that's so, a good point because I customer think- Customer experience is driven by agent experience. Yep. That's it. That's and it. you're right, Kayleen. I think that's one of the misses that a lot of people get. I believe, and I've said this on several podcasts and, and, and talks that I do. I believe in my heart, 95% of the people want to come to work and do a good job. There's always those small percentages, but let's be clear. Most people want to do a good job. And then to you hit it, are we equipping them with the tools they need to do in order to have to do a great job and deliver that experience. That's the, that's the holy grail that I think some people miss. Yeah, and that goes into my, my last uh, item I wanna throw at the table here today. 
When we talk about equipping, every single one of you has said equipping. We've had some beautiful examples of equipping. So how do we utilize customer insights to define strategies that improve training and coaching and lower attrition? Now this is, listen up, you missed that question. Let me say this again, because this is, this is maybe why you tuned into this podcast today, because this is where we get tactical, right? How do we utilize customer insights to define strategies that improve training, coaching, and lower attrition? Those are three key topics that I know a lot of people are, they're scooting up in the table. This is one of those topics, you know, when you get to the table and you're like, ooh, Aunt yeah. Clarice just said something we all want to know, you know? So let's tackle that one. So yeah. I'll, start with the, I'll start with a high level. I was going to start with the high level and let the masters, Kayleen and Chandra, actually tell you the, 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 the root of the tree. There you so go. My phrase is simple. It's who, what, why, where, when these things happen in an interaction. And the holy grail, which Kayleen and Chandra deliver at eTech and to our external customers every day, is how to fix it. And I'll pass it over to them. Yeah. I would say one example, I'll let Chandra bring it home, uh, but one example, if you're in the call center space, AHT might be something, average handle time might be something that's important to you as a customer. My time is valuable, so I didn't want to spend a lot of time with Marco. I wanted him to solve my problem and move on, right, with my day. And AHT is important to our customers. It's important um, to our team members because it's a metric that we track. Time is money, right? You've heard that phrase before, time is money. And there are typically, there's gonna be multiple ways to accomplish the same end goal. There might be a, multiple ways to update customer information in a CRM and get that package out to me. Uh, Teaching our agents the most efficient way to do that is critical to us because they could run down a rabbit hole and do it three, four, five different ways, keep that customer on the line, have hold time. That's another metric you probably heard of, right? Hold time being too long. Uh, and so we have to identify the right way to do it to help train Marco so he knows how he can efficiently do that get me on my way so I'm out of his hair and he can move on and 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 Marco can meet his goals and be successful and and that shipping company can retain Marco because uh, heaven forbid that Marco leaves and they have to start all over again training someone brand new happens every day happens every day and that's yep. probably our podcast is you're sitting here they're sick and tired of training Marcos and then they turn around and leave, but really they're the root of the problem because they didn't equip them. So listen up. If you're listening here, you need to fess up to being guilty. Maybe it's because you're not sitting there with the lens that Jim talked about of having a consumer mindset. Let's start there. If it is to be, it begins with who? Me. 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 There you have it. I know you're eager to say something, Chandra. I know you are. Again, agent experience, a little bit passionate about that. Um, you know, but really how do we, the question, really the core of your question, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, was how do we utilize customer insights to define those agent strategies, right? Um, when I think about that, I think about one thing that we really focus on here at eTech, and that is practical application of critical behaviors. Really understanding 
what behaviors the customer is more responsive to and equipping the agent to exhibit those behaviors when handling a customer. What that does when you think about it from a training and attrition lens is what that does is it really takes all of those great things that agents learn in training that may not be practical, right? It's things you have to learn. You have to learn how a modem works. You have to learn how a phone feature works if you're working on a telecom program. You have to learn about warranty plans and things like that, right? So you learn a lot of content, but you don't necessarily learn how to apply that content. What does that look like in real life? And that's one of the things we do. We mine customer responsiveness to various critical behaviors. We furnish the leaders with what's called practical application. So it really helps that agent understand how to apply all that great information they learned in training through the path of least resistance to that customer the most efficient way possible. And that really helps that agent ramp to goal much quicker, develop a lot of confidence a lot quicker, and really become good at their job, which we all wanna be. We talked about that earlier. No one wants to come to work and suck, right? Everyone wants to come to work and excel and do a great job. This is one way to help those agents do that great job that they wanna do every day very, very quickly. I hope that yeah. helps. I hope that that really Awesome. I want to spin it here from a leadership perspective because um, I don't know if I've shared with you guys, but my, my role is to help equip leaders, right? So tomorrow, uh, this company, eTag, we're going to go into three full days of equipping leaders on how to coach, right? We're going to teach them 15 different tactics on how to set expectations, how to transfer skills over, how to follow up on those expectations. You know, we're going to uh, help, help them to teach, um, you know, how to self-discover right when someone's doing something well or whether they've made mistakes so we're going to teach them how to coach but when the team comes along and, and offers equips the leaders with what to coach on you get more time to coach right if you, if you yep. do not have a team in your industry that is equipping your leaders with this intelligence then you're just like my husband was 38 years ago wondering what his blood sugar was off of one stick. That is what Kayleen's saying, one call. That is that is not the intelligence that we need to make smart decisions. So we wanna be remarkable at eTech. We say that we wanna make a remarkable difference. And in order for our leaders to be able to do remarkable coaching, they've gotta have the intelligence to be able to be equipped to coach. So if we're gonna invest eTech's time and money to spend three full days teaching them 15 different strategies to coach, then we need this equipping of what to coach. So I just think that's really, if you do not have that, if you're a podcaster and you don't have it, we're not, we want to sell it to you. This is not a sales call. We're not trying to do any of that. We're just saying you're in a bad situation. You hear me? You're in a bad situation. Call us. We can, we can, we'll talk with you, right? We'll talk to you from a consumer perspective and we'll talk to you from how to equip your leaders with this insight so that they can be better quality coaches, right? So, and if it's us, great. If it's not, then we've equipped you to do something in, in your industry, right? And maybe you uh, will have a great experience when you call us because our actions speak louder than our words. I can guarantee you that. So any, thank you for sitting at the table, podcasters. Thank you for sitting at the table. This was, we got to do this again. You know, when you have friends, we do. Over, we you do. know, when you have friends over at the table and you're like, I like this. I like this, right? Can they? Can you guys come back to the table? All right, and 
next time, Jim, we'll make I will sure have coffee. Yes, make sure you're not NPO next time. <laughs> Kayleen, let us know uh, if you're able to get your packages. Chandra uh, <laughs> and I'll be waiting on the Christmas card to see if the new company, you know, provided what what Jim says it's going to provide. If not, QA on that card, Jim. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but thank you very much. Thanks for taking your time to do this. Is what we do it for, right? We're trying to equip other people so they can equip, equip other people. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, podcasters. And I'll see you next time at Table Talk. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.